Hello, America. I'm Brian Hollyhan. Welcome back into the Brian Hollyhan Show. We're in Des Moines, Iowa today. None other than 2024 Republican presidential candidate, Mr. Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. It's good to be here. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's, it's a hot day, but it's going to be a good day at the Iowa State Fair. We're going to have a lot of fun. I appreciate you doing this. It's a little toasty, but you know, they say you can't handle the heat, you stay out of the kitchen, right? Exactly, so, exactly. Well, fun. exactly. Yeah, so we're in Iowa. That's the first in the nation caucus in the country. Uh, we've got a lot to cover today, but uh, I really want to focus on what sets you apart from, from the rest of the, this crowded field of Republican candidates and why a candidate like you that started this race with no name ID is performing so incredibly well. Uh, so my, my first question to you today is, I'll be voting for the first time next November. Uh, you know, almost half of eligible voters in 2020, 2024 will be Gen Z or millennials. Uh, you just turned 38. Uh, previously, the youngest president was Teddy Roosevelt at 42. Uh, you know, you are the first Republican millennial to run for president. Why should young voters like myself vote for you as opposed to the rest of this crowded field of candidates? My view is if somebody broke your car, you don't turn over the keys to the guy who broke it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you might want to give the keys to somebody new. And I think that's why it's going to take a new generation to lead us forward beyond. You know, I think a lot of the lies we've been told for the last about what a college degree will earn you when you're saddled with debt, can't find a job, effectively diluted into what was a hoax for you. Lied about foreign wars that we sent young men and women to die on the front lines for that did not one iota advance American interests in some ways set us back. Lied to about what the government even hides from us as a people. And so I think it would just take somebody from outside of government, somebody who comes in as an outsider, maybe somebody who's lived the American dream, and, and I have. <laughs> My parents came to this country with literally no money. I've gone on to found multi-billion dollar companies. Wow. And I did it while getting married and now raising two young sons who were playing somewhere at this fair. <laughs> That's the American dream. And I think that above all, I think I hope this is true for more than just young people. I hope it's definitely true for young people is, for a long time, we as a movement, we've been running from something. I think people are hungry for a leader who leads us to something. Absolutely. To our vision of what it means to be an American. That's what this race is all about for me. And I think it's why I went from, just to correct you on one thing, I didn't start at 0% in the polls. I started at 0.0% uh. <laughs> in the polls. And, and we're now third, some, some of these polls second place, heading into the first debate. And so I think it's a, it's a remarkable honor. And I think we're just getting warmed up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, something else that's really impressive to me, uh, you know, of your race, 40% of your donors are first-time Republican donors. Uh, you know, a lot of them describe experience, and you've attracted a huge following of young voters. What is different about you? You know, how are you successfully attracting these voting groups that the Republican Party has tried and failed in the past to attract? Well, I think I'm making some traditional Republicans mad along the way, <laughs> but there's, there's going to come along with us. Sure. But what do I mean by that is I tell all my fellow Republicans, guys, stop talking about Joe Biden. It's lame. It's boring. Nobody's inspired by talking about some old man who's sleepwalking us into whatever the next policy decision is. <laughs> He's not even the real president in some real sense of the word. It's the managerial class sure. who sits underneath him. He's a puppet who they're wielding to advance their intentions. And so we're missing the plot. If we complain about the radical Biden-Harris agenda, nobody wants to hear that. That's why the 2022 red wave didn't happen. We have to offer an affirmative vision of our own. What do we stand for? What does it even mean to be an American? Let's open it up. Let's have a real conversation. You're gonna have, probably have you. Are you talking to other politicians? Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. I mean, like, I mean, a lot of politicians. I mean, they're nervous to talk to young people. Yeah. Really. I, I mean, we didn't certainly prescript any of our questions, but many of them won't go to college campuses unless the question. And I think that's the dirty little secret where I kind of sit in between. You're how old? You're 20. 17. You're 17. <laughs> so, so good for you. I love how engaged you are. Are you gonna be 18 by next year? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So. 
Here's, I just kind of sit in between sure. your generation and where most Republican primary voters are. Where I can kind of tell you both sides of the story, older politicians are wildly afraid of young voters. Yes. And so they actually rehearse, they will rehearse more for this interview than they will for some, you know, tried and true sixth time on Newsmax <laughs> on a Saturday afternoon, right? And, and, and I think that it's telling because young people know the difference between somebody who's lying to them and somebody who's actually just telling them what they believe. And for me, at least, that's, I hope, the winning political strategy. If it's not, it's not, then I sure. won't be the president. But. Sure. That's the way I'm going to do it. Sure. Well, I appreciate you doing this interview yeah. because you didn't have any questions in advance. You didn't know anything in advance. And we've, we've got a little bit more to talk about. You know, we're less than two weeks away from the first Republican debate in Milwaukee. I'll be there as well. Uh, you know, you've qualified for that debate. You'll be attending. You might be at the center of the stage. Uh, you know, President Trump is also qualified, but he says that he will make his decision this week on whether or not he's attending. He'll also be here today at the fair. Uh, you know, do you think Trump should attend this first RNC debate? I don't have a strong opinion on it. I think he should attend the debate at some point in the process. But in the early rounds, I really have no problem with it if he doesn't show up. I think that's, I would go so far as to say understandable. He's been through the stage many times. Sure. He's been president for four years. People know I need to introduce myself to the people of this country. Sure. And so if he wants to skip the first few, I'm totally fine with that. Sure, yeah. Uh, you know, a poll this week had you at 11% and second place behind Trump. Uh, that same poll says that Ron DeSantis has dropped 11 points. Trump has gained one point and you have gained six points in the last month. A lot of Republican voters have supported you because your policies are similar to President Trump. Uh, but why should someone vote for you over Trump? What sets you two apart? Well, look, I think that you're right that we have a lot of policy alignment. We also have a pretty good relationship of mutual respect for a long time, dating to before I even ran for president when I wrote my first book. Because I think we're business guys who come from outside of the political world. The reality is I've got fresh legs. Yes. I'm 38. I'm not yet jaded and tired and cynical. And I will be maybe eight years from now. Who knows? <laughs> but that's not me today. And the other reality is that, you know, in some ways I'm going further than Trump on the border, militarizing. Department of Education, don't just put a good person, Betsy DeVos, on top and say, fix it. Shut it down because it shouldn't exist. So in some ways, I'm going far further than Trump did. But here's the thing about, you know, the guy I love is our president of the century so far, and, and I'm aiming to clear that bar and then some, is that there's about 30% of this country that loses their mind. It's like they have like a psychiatric illness when he's in office. And it's not even his fault. It's just a fact. I'm not having that effect on people. Good. And that's gonna allow me to go further with our own America First agenda, far further. Unite this country in the process. And you know what? One of the reach young people yes. and bring them along yes. with us. Absolutely. That's how we that's how we actually chase the future rather than chasing the past. And that's what I'm in this race to do. Yeah, absolutely. We're in our last two here. Uh, you know, you just had a stump speech that you did with the governor of Iowa. In that speech, you proposed abolishing the FBI, Department of Education, if you're elected. Uh, how would you go about doing that? Because, you know, most Republican candidates say that they support that. Uh, I absolutely support that. How would you do that if you were elected? Yeah. So I would do it on strong executive authority using the Presidential Reorganization Act of 1977, which actually gives the U.S. president, under limited circumstances, the ability to reorganize the federal government. I don't think it's something that any president who's occupied office in the last 40 years has any idea of what I'm talking about. I do. I think it takes somebody who knows the law. I think I will do it using statutory powers from 5 U.S.C. 3302 that give the U.S. president the authority to set the regulations for the Office of Personnel Management. That's like the HR department of the federal government. And I will do it by full expectation that we're going to get sued and have to go to the Supreme Court. Yeah. And that's okay. It's a sharp poke in the eye. I'll bear it. 
I'll bear that cross. But you know what? Six to three, we win at the Supreme Court. Then the next president who comes along after me won't have his hands tied in the same way. That's how we drive change. And it takes that unique combination of somebody who, yes, has been a CEO, an outsider, but also someone who deeply understands the law and the constitution of this country. That's what I'm bringing to the table. Absolutely. Like you said, you've got a young following on, on social media. You, you've been mobbed by young people at all the, these young conferences that you go to. Uh, you know, President Trump talked about a ban on, on TikTok. Some, some Republicans in Congress have talked about a ban on TikTok. If elected, would you look at a ban on TikTok? Are you interested in that or are you, you more focused on other stuff? Well, I don't think that banning one particular company with the rearview mirror is the right way to play whack-a-mole. Sure, yeah. I think we got to get to the root causes of what's going on. I think there's a deeper conversation about the use of addictive social media in young Absolutely. people. This is, a, this, is a, this is an uncomfortable topic for some people, but the internet, including social media, is also some of the places where the child trafficking yeah. and some of the child sex trafficking issues begin, and I know that's overly heavy in this conversation, but I think that's where we should be focused, and that's not limited to one app. It's a far more pervasive and deep phenomenon. And so we're going to have to have the courage to confront that rather than just playing one-off whack-a-moles. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Closing out here today, like we said, you're in second place uh, right behind President Trump. If he called you today, asked you to be his vice president, would you accept? I would at make the same offer in return and ask him <laughs> whether he would. Yeah, I doubt he'd be vice president after he's been president. I think we share something in common. Neither of us makes for a good number, too. But what I would ask him, and where I expect him if I'm successful, I expect him to do it because he's a patriot, is to be an advisor, maybe even a mentor, actually, in some ways, to understand, you know, this is where we did well, this is where the bodies are buried, this is where we went maybe wrong and I would have done things differently that I expect to have with him in some ways that, you know, I think that we probably have already laid the foundation for it. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I know you got a busy day, uh, but we appreciate you taking some time to talk to young voters. Thank you. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Thank you. So good to see you.